This is the Mormon Mixed Faith Marriage Podcast with Certified Life Coach, Brooke Booth, episode number 71. Over the last month or two, I've been reading a book slowly and steadily. It's not been a fast read for me. I've needed a lot of time to integrate and ponder and breathe as I read it. And I would recommend it to anybody in a Mormon mixed faith marriage. The book is called Codependent No More by Melody Beattie, B-E-A-T-T-I-E. Now this book was written some time ago. I think it was published originally about 25 years ago, but it is definitely still applicable today. So in the podcast today, I wanted to share some things I've learned from this book. Frankly, I'll probably do a series of podcasts on this book, interspersed, um, not back-to-back, but interspersed through the podcast. But today I want to get started on talking about one important aspect that I've learned from this book. I'm going to give a little caveat first. So she writes this book with alcoholism as the focal point. Codependency is common in relationships with alcoholics or addicts. Do not let this lead you to conclude that because we don't drink or we're not alcoholics, that codependency is not applicable to you or your marriage. Let me share with you the definition of codependency from this book. A codependent person is one who has let other, another person's behavior affect him or her and who is obsessed with controlling that person's behavior. I know in a previous podcast I've talked about emotional childhood and emotional adulthood. This is codependency, just using different language. And I defined it as being emotionally dependent on another person. This emotional dependency causes you to try to control them so you can feel what you need to feel, like safe, happy, etc. It can also be financially dependent, spiritually dependent, mentally dependent. Like emotionally dependent is only one of the many ways we are dependent on other ones. So with that said, I want to suggest to you that codependency is common among us who are raised LDS. So much of how we're socialized as women or as men, as benevolent patriarchs, is a form of codependency. So here's a paragraph that when I read it, I realized that not only was I in a codependent type of a frame of mind, but I was even raised to idealize it in in many ways. Here's a quote from the book that really made me realize I'm that codependency is a very common situation those of us raised in this particular culture. One fairly common denominator was having a relationship personally or professionally with troubled, needy, or dependent people. But a second, more common denominator seems to be the unwritten, silent rules that usually develop in the immediate family and set the pace for relationships. These rules prohibit discussion about problems, open expression of feelings, direct, honest communication, realistic expectations such as being human, vulnerable, or imperfect, selfish, trust in other people, and oneself. Playing and having fun and rocking the delicately balanced family canoe through growth and change, however healthy and beneficial that movement might be. 
These rules are common in alcoholic family systems, but can emerge in other families too. Okay, close quote. The first time I read this paragraph, it took my breath away. This was my family of origin, and frankly, my married family today. I cannot count how many times my clients have said, rock the boat, or I'm being selfish. I cannot tell you how many times I have avoided and buried my own emotions because they weren't helpful, appropriate, you know, um, useful. So I want to like suggest you may want to look at codependency in your relationship. It may be there. Alcoholism is not necessary for this to be happening to you. And from that, you know, point I'm making that I think this is a lot more common than we realize in those of us who are raised LDS. I want to talk about one main aspect that is a result of codependency. And that's very, very common in mixed faith marriages. And that is the loss of our dreams. I want to talk about the loss. So often when we find ourselves in a mixed faith marriage, we are confronted with the loss of our dreams. Um, There are many dreams that are on life support or totally dead in a mixed faith marriage. Dreams of going on a mission together. Like I went and served in the Philippines when I was a young girl. (laughs) I consider a girl when I was a young adult. And I always, always talked about going back there when we were senior missionaries. There's loss of the eternal family, raising kids in the church with both parents, another loss. Maybe there's loss of the companion who respected you. Okay, this is all about the dream of being on the same page. There's the loss of the dream of being on the same page. I want to read you another excerpt from this book about this, the painful loss of our dreams. Perhaps the most painful loss many codependents face is the loss of our dreams, the hopeful and sometimes idealistic expectations for the future that most people have. This loss can be the most difficult to accept. As we looked at our child in the hospital nursery, we had certain hopes for him or her. These hopes didn't include our child having a problem with alcohol or other drugs. Our dreams didn't include this. On our wedding day, we had dreams. The future with our beloved was full of wonder and promise. This was the start of something great, something loving, and something we had hoped for. The dreams and promises may have been spoken or unspoken, but for most of us, they were there. The dreams were there. Many of us held on for so long, clutching those dreams through one loss and disappointment after another. We flew in the face of reality shaking those dreams at the truth, refusing to believe or accept anything less. But one day, the truth caught up to us and refused to be put off any longer. This wasn't what we wanted, planned, on, or asked for, or hoped for. It never would be. The dream was dead and would never breathe again. There's nothing we can say to make that less painful or to lessen our grief. It hurts deeply to have our dreams destroyed.
I know there are dreams in your mixed faith marriage that are on life support or totally dead. I know that there were many dreams you had about how your marriage would look, how your children would look, how Sundays would look, right? How all sorts of things would look that the mixed faith marriage and the faith transition have perhaps confronted you to look at and realize the loss of them. When there's a significant loss like this, where dreams have perished, I want to suggest acceptance as the answer. Now, this is something I've talked about in other podcasts, but it's an important concept, and I'm going to talk about it again here. Acceptance is not always easy to access. I want to read a few more quotes from the book that she says about acceptance, and then I want to talk about it specifically in the context of mixed faith marriage. So, of course, she suggests acceptance is also the solution, as do I. And she says... A lot of times we struggle accepting reality. Facing reality is simply more than we can bear, more than anyone can bear. Why should it be so mysterious that denial is an integral part of alcoholism or any serious problem that causes ongoing losses? We have too much to accept. Our present circumstances are overwhelming. Frequently we are so caught up in the crisis and chaos of trying to solve other people's problems that we're too busy to worry about accepting anything. Yet, we must sometimes come to terms with what is. If things are ever to be different, we must accept reality. If we are ever to replace our lost dreams with new dreams and feel sane and peaceful again, we must accept reality. Please understand, acceptance does not mean adaptation. It doesn't mean resignation to the sorry and miserable way things are. It doesn't mean accepting or tolerating any sort of abuse. It means for the present moment, we acknowledge and accept our circumstances, including ourselves and the people in our lives, as we and they are. It is is only from that state that we have the peace and ability to evaluate these circumstances, make appropriate changes, and solve our problems. Okay, I love how she says this here, because I wholeheartedly agree with what she's teaching I talk about acceptance to my clients a lot. And if you noticed in what she was saying, she touched on some aspects of the grief cycle. Like she talked about denial. And I want to bring up the grief cycle briefly here. This is common in mixed faith marriage. The loss of a dream will bring on grief. Grief includes denial, anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. That is the full grief cycle. And I want to suggest that allowing all of the stages of grief, whether it's denial or anger or bargaining or depression or even acceptance, allowing all of them and accepting all of them is absolutely essential into moving through the process and moving through the stages so that you can come to acceptance. There is no shortcut to grief. There's no shortcut to acceptance. You need to make space for all the stages. 
what's so critical with acceptance is allowing the stages of a grief and, and allowing them to be present as they arise. So often we resist loss we, because what we're really resisting is we're resisting the anger or the sadness. We're resisting those emotions. So part of being able to move towards acceptance is accepting the stages of grief and allowing them to be present as they arrive. This is going to allow you to accept you and your spouse as exactly who they are. Like allowing you to be who you are and allowing them to be who they are. Beliefs and faith and all. Now I've said this before and I'm going to say it again. Acceptance does not mean that you like it or agree with it. It just simply means you let it be what is. Codependency is so much about controlling others and trying to change them. Acceptance is about letting go of that control and deciding what you're going to do now and who you want to be in the face of the reality of what's happening. So much codependency sounds like what if, what if, what if, and it's, it's questioning and, and doubting decisions and how you've shown up in the past. Acceptance sounds much more like what now? Okay, I wanted to present this to you in the lens and language of, of this book because it's, it's so helpful to recognize where we are and accept that, you know, I may be having some codependence here so that you can fully understand it and then step out of it when you're ready. This has been an important book for me and my process. And then I realize different authors resonate with different people and this may not be one you resonate with. What I've put together to help people find the resources that they need to work through a mixed faith marriage is I've put together a list of books and podcasts that can be helpful to help you move through your Mormon mixed faith marriage. It's totally free if you want a copy of, you know, the, the books and podcasts, just email me and I'll be happy to send it to you. You can direct message me on Facebook. I'll be happy to send it to you. If you go to my website, you should be able to find um, access to either social media platforms or my, web, or my um, email and just ask for it and I'll be happy to send it to you. We'll talk more about codependency. I know I've talked about it before, but we'll talk more about it. But for now, I just want you to consider that, you know, one, is this happening in my mixed faith marriage? And two, you know, what are what have I experienced a loss of? And am I fully opening up to the process I need to go through that anybody needs to go through to come to a place of acceptance? All right, wishing you the very best in your Mormon mixed faith marriage.